Hey, welcome to New Community Elkins Podcast. I'm the pastor, Bobby Benavides, and I am excited to have you with us. I hope you enjoy what you hear. I hope it encourages you and keeps you moving forward in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, church. Uh, I am Pastor Bobby Benavides here at New Community Elkins, and I'm excited for you to be with us here on the podcast. Um, I am just wanting to, uh, before we jump into our fourth part of our A Generous Life series, I want to thank you all who have been um, sending some gifts in and have been participating in that. Uh, I want to just give one last ask in a sense. Um, you know, we are moving into the winter months, and we want to continue serving our community and loving our neighbors well. And in order to do that, we need finances. We need support. We need resources. So I'm asking you to visit www.easytie, that's E-A-S-Y-T-I-T-H-E dot com slash newcomelkins, or you can text 304-396-0500 with the word give. All that information will be in our show notes, but I just want to go ahead and just reach out to you just one more time and just ask that if you would like to support our ministry in any way, please visit one of those sites and any amount is awesome. So anyway, we appreciate you. Thank you for joining us, and hopefully you enjoy this last message of our A Generous Life series. Well, again, good morning, uh, New Community Elkins. I'm Pastor Bobby Benavides, and I'm excited to be with you this morning. So we are going to be moving into our fourth part and final part of our series entitled A Generous Life. There's been a series of messages, uh, basically, you know, our talks that have been really focused on what does it look like for us to really live with a generous life, uh, self-sacrifice, being humble, um, being willing to uh, live open-handedly and allow God to use us for His glory. And so today we're going to be touching on the the last part. We're going to be touching in a section of Scripture in Matthew 25. Jesus is talking to people around the idea of what the kingdom of God is going to be like and how it has worked. And he's sharing some parables and and he's moving into this one parable, Matthew 25, that really challenges people to think through how they're living their life. And that's going to be the goal of today, really, is that hopefully today in this message, you'll be challenged to be and encouraged to be thinking through um, how you are really living your life generously. What are you giving back to God? What are you giving back because he has given you so much? What are you giving in return? And that's where the challenge and the, and the encouragement is going to come because we're going to see Jesus sharing this parable, a story that kind of compares, uh, it's, you know, just compares situations with a particular thing. And so it's a, a parable, right? That's what he's doing. He's He's comparing this kind of idea of what humanity can go through that points to the kingdom and points to who God really is. And so we're going to be looking at this here in a second. But before we go forward, let me go ahead and pray for us. Father, again, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you, God, that you've given us so much in our life. And Lord, that you have allowed us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, that your kingdom is massive, and that you want us to be a part of bringing people into that and ushering people toward that and pointing them to it, God. And so in this moment, in this time, I pray, Father, that all distractions can be gone as much as possible. 
and that we can focus on you, that we can hear your voice and listen to your word as it penetrates us and lets us discover the things in our lives that maybe we have been holding on too tightly to. And Father, we have not allowed you to move in. So Father, again, we praise you for everything. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for your spirit in this moment as we ask for discernment and wisdom and peace. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, so Matthew 25 is what we're going to be looking at today. And, and we're going to be beginning in the verse 15. Now, again, he's been given this parable about what the kingdom of God is going to be like. Who, you know, who should we be seeing, expecting to see there? What should we be expecting to see there? And he's kind of challenging them to think through some things. And so in this moment, he's talking to the people about giving. And we're going to be seeing this piece play out. But it's really interesting because... These people are kind of wondering, well, what does it really take to get into the kingdom of God? What is it going to look like for me as I pursue God? Am I going to be welcomed into the kingdom? And, and so Jesus is like, okay, well, the kingdom of God is kind of like this. And so he, he talks about this man who's gone away, or he's, going, he's planning on going away, and he has these servants that he draws forward. And he gives them some things. And so we're going to see this right here in verse 15, beginning in verse 15. So he says, to one, he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also, he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. So what we're seeing here, right, is that now this master's gone away, but he said, look, I'm giving you guys specific things that you can give, that you can work with. I'm giving it to your ability. Now, that's a really key thing, right? Because I think sometimes we try to match up to other people's ability. We play the comparison game, right? And that gets us into a lot of trouble. We start to think, well, ah, oh, man, I, well, I'd like to do this, but I'm not as good as so-and-so. Or I don't have the ability of so-and-so. I don't have this talent. I don't have, you know, and so we start shutting ourselves down because we don't see that God sees our ability, <laughs> right? God sees our ability. He knows what we are able to do. And so, you know, this is the kind of stuff where I say God is going to give you to what, what you can do, right? He's not going to ask you to do things that you are not... Well, let me take that back. Let me before I say that because I don't want to sound hypocrit or, uh, hypocritical or heretical. Um, so hang on. But he's not going to ask you or give you things to take care of that you are not able to take care of. He will ask you to do things that maybe you aren't able to do on your own so you depend on him more. That's what I was about to say that I was, would have been a slip of my tongue and that would have been really horrible if I would have said that. Because he will give you things that you can't handle. Let's just go over there. I'm not going to preach on that. I've preached on that before in previous messages. But he will give you things that you can't handle. So he's not going to ask you to do things based on your ability necessarily. Like he's not going to be like, oh, well, you're limited and, I, and you know, I'm, my ability is based on your ability. That's not true. God's ability is based on God's ability. Our ability is based on his ability. Okay, that's, that's, that's all that. That's probably confusing. But let's look at this right now, right? He's saying, look, I'm giving you talents based on what I know you are capable of handling. That if I were to place, like some people, if I were to place millions of dollars into your hand, you are probably not going to be able to handle it correctly. 
because maybe you're not in that place to handle that. Francis Chan, actually, um, the one who leads the Book of James study that Seth is guiding his group in, the young adult study, he has actually said that at one point in time, he prayed for God to make him rich. But when he prayed to God to make him rich, he said, God, when you make me rich, give me the, the humility to say that this is not mine and let me give it and, and do with it what you want me to do with it. Well, Francis Chan wrote crazy amount of books, made a bunch of money, and he has basically used all of his resources to help uh, other church startups and to help people in mission and to go on mission and to serve people in the need. It's amazing what he's done. But the thing is, is that there are some people who have ability to handle those kind of things. Some people who say, look, I'm, you have a great gift to lead worship. I'm going to allow you. I'm going to give you the ability to lead worship, and I'm going to give you the ability. But everybody is given a gift based on their ability that he sees in them. Sometimes we don't see our ability, right? Sometimes we don't see what we're capable of. Maybe we don't believe we're capable of doing it. And again, it's because we fall into the comparison trap. We begin to think that we aren't capable because other people are. And that is where we go, we go wrong. Because again, I think when we look at this story, I'm going to bring it back on. When we look at this story, right, when he went away, he would receive the five talents, went at once and traded with them. And then, you know, the guy with two talents did the same thing. And then the one with the one, he dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, I'm wondering, and this is just me just kind of thinking out loud, is that the guy with the one talent probably saw the five go into the hand of the other and then two go in the other. He's like, what am I going to do with this one compared to those guys? I mean, like, these guys have talents, I have a talent. These guys have gifts. I have a gift. What am I going to do? Right? What am I going to do? And to be honest with you, if this is how we played all of our life, we would never be able to do anything because there's always somebody who's better than us. There's always somebody who's smarter, always somebody with better gifts. But if, so if we play this hand all the time, we're going to do nothing. So we got to stop comparing ourselves to other people's ability and listen to what God says about ours, about what he says about our ability. Don't look at what other people have. Don't compare ourselves to that. Don't covet that. Don't long for that. Rest in what you've been given now. That's actually something that I said when we planted our church. When we planted a church, like because what happens when you plant a church, and this is just kind of some insider information here, is that when you plant a church, you start to actually get into a mode of comparison. You really do. It's kind of, it's unfortunate, but this is what happens is that because you're kind of told that, okay, you have a specific number that you need to be reaching, okay? This is just me being too honest probably, and I'm, uh, but whatever. So you're supposed to reach a certain number, and when you reach a certain number, that's when you're going to be sustainable. That's when you're going to be good, and your church is going to last, and you're going to be okay. But if you don't reach these numbers, then, well, I don't know, you, good luck, right? And so then you start watching other church plants and you start watching other pastors. And then you, as a pastor, you start saying, well, okay, that pastor is getting a lot of recognition. Do I need to start preaching like him? And you have to battle yourself to start saying, no, I have been given the gift. I've been given the talent to my ability that God has given. I need to trust that and I need to move in that and I need to give to what he's given me, my ability. We fall into these comparison traps. Everybody is, is susceptible to this. And we have to be wise enough to know when our comparisons are hindering us from pursuing and stepping into the mission that God has called us to do. 
because he sees an ability in us that we may not see in ourselves and he wants us to step into that and he wants us to do something with what he's put into us to do okay so let's step forward into the next section of scripture here because now the master comes back dun 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 right now after a long time the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them and he who had received the five talents came forward bringing five talents more saying master you delivered to me five talents here i have made five talents more his master said to him well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful over a little i will set you over much enter into the joy of your master and he also who had the two talents came forward saying master you delivered to me two talents here i've made two talents more his master said to him well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful over a little i will set you over much enter into the joy of your master now you see something interesting there something very interesting actually is that both servants receive different amounts of talents right different talents the one who had five doubled it the one who had two doubled it awesome great job but they both received the same encouragement right he said well done I'll, I'll bounce it back well done good and faithful servant you've been faithful over a little i will set you over much enter into the joy of your master and he said that both times for both people regardless of how much talent they had it's what they did with it it's what they did with it that he honored and that he said look you have been get faithful over a little and now i will set you over much enter into the joy of your master now again we don't know what the much is right and we really shouldn't have to worry about what the much is it's whatever god wants to put into their hands to take care of but it's the reality of the fact that they both did something with what he gave to them and he said well done good and faithful servant right this is something that we've all heard that when i go to heaven i hope i hear well done good and faithful servant but the only way that we're going to hear those words is when we look at what's being said here through jesus where he says look they doubled their talent they did work they did something they didn't rest and they didn't compare themselves well i have five talents. well look at that guy over there with ten well that person was six well that person was five and a half right because that, that's interesting too right like one person can like sing a note just a little bit differently and so oh well i can't sing either it's like what <laughs> or this person has maybe 500 dollars more than you so all of a sudden it's like oh they have way more money it's like 500 dollars it's like those little things that we we compare ourselves to and then we shut ourselves down but he's saying look you guys did something with it you you participated in my purpose you participated in my purpose and that's what a generous life does a generous life participates in the purpose of god right a generous life is going to participate in the purpose of god let me say it again a generous life is going to participate in the purpose of god he's going to see what he has or she has in their hands and he's going to, they're going to say okay look i have these things and i'm going to go ahead and make something of it i'm going to try doing something good and i don't know if it's going to be worth anything i'm but you know what this is what i feel i'm gifted at i'm going to step into it and i'm going to see what happens these are the gifts that I've been given. This is the this is the um, money I received. This is the uh, the gift of playing music, the gift of, of helping people, the gift of praying for people. 
the gift of just writing, a, like I said it last week, writing a thank you card, doing something, right, with what God has given to you, you are participating in his purpose. And that is the key element of a generous life. But then look what happens to the person who didn't do anything. He also had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. Ugh, harsh words. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. Imagine this guy's look on his face, right? He thought he was doing something good. I mean, like, okay, like, I'm, I don't have anything really to offer, so I'm just going to sit on it. And I'm going to go ahead and sit in the pew, or I'm going to sit in my seat, or I'm going to go ahead and just kind of, you know, sit with my arms folded, and I'm just going to watch everything, and... You know, it's just, and then when I'm at home, like when I'm at home in my privacy of my home, then I'll go ahead and I'll praise God in the privacy of my home. Like, that's cool. I mean, and I mean, that's biblical, right? Yeah, so, okay, cool. And I'll, you know, and, and I heard about this person's need, but you know what? This other person prays so much better. I've heard them pray, and man, isn't that weird that we compare our prayers, but in our praying ability with people? That's just weird. But anyway, that, that happens. It, Oh well, I'm, I just I won't I won't offer to pray. I'm just gonna stay silent, and then I'm gonna go ahead and just pray for them, you know, because it does say pray in private. Okay, I'll do that. Or you know what? Like I just this person, man, this person is always stepping up to the plate, and they bake so such great food, and they're such a great um, servant in that way. And you know, my ability to bake is not really. And then we start shutting ourselves down. So you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and shove it over here, and and I'm gonna go ahead and you know when when I have people over, maybe I'll bake something for them or. Or I might just say like a nice word, but I'm not going to really do anything outside. And, and I'm just going to kind of sit on my, my gift. Because I don't, I don't want to risk it. I don't want to risk it. I, I don't want to mess up things. Because that's what this guy was really saying. I don't want to mess this up. I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid that if I don't do this right, then God is going to smite me. Right, and this this is a hard place to be. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little bit of time of confession here, because honestly, I think this is where I've been sometimes. I think I've been in a place where I've I fear failure. That's actually a part of who I am. It's been something I've I've it's been a part of me since I was a kid. Um, and I I've dealt with that a lot. And COVID has actually had a huge impact on me in this because I don't know if I'm doing enough. This is, I mean, this is going to be too real probably and people are going to be like, oh, oh I don't want to listen to this. But I mean, this is just where I'm at. And I'm as a pastor, I feel like I can confess to you and, and you can confess to me and we can be honest and just real and this is where it's at. But, you know, I have sat in the place where I'm watching other churches able to meet and we can't. And I think, am I doing something wrong? 
I see people, you know, doing things like, you know, and, and I, and this is out of my control. It's not like, I, it's not like I told Phil Ginderson to shut down. It's not like I've told places not to work. It's just like, when I look at our finances, like we can't go out and do things and, and, and we can't go out and buy for, a, buy a building of our own and we can't rent a building of our own and we can't make sure that we do it safely. And so, you know, there's all these things that start to weigh on me as a pastor. Like, am I doing enough? And I, and if I'm dealing with that, I know some of you are too. Is, am I doing enough? Am I? And, and maybe, maybe I'm failing with what I've been given. Maybe I'm not doing what God wants. And 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 this is the enemy, really. And this is what I'm going to encourage you with here: is that we all have these moments of feeling like we have potential failure. So we don't want to step into it because if we step into it and we don't make it work and it doesn't succeed, and, and success is a whole different thing, but we're going to look at what success looks like for, for God here. But if it doesn't succeed, then am I a failure? And am I a failure in God's eyes? And, I, and we end up just sitting because of our fear. We don't want to risk. We don't want to step into things like that. And and this is the thing for me when I'm looking back at when we planted the church and we and where I'm at now that I could have easily said, you know what? I don't know if we're going to have 400 people in our church. I don't know if we're going to have 200 people in our church. I don't even know if we're going to have 50 people in our church. Maybe I just shouldn't do it. Maybe this just shouldn't happen. You know, right now in COVID, we can't meet. So, you know, maybe we should just go ahead and call it quits. Maybe we should just go ahead and say new community's done. Right? Maybe like we can't meet and I and, and I can't I can't get people together and you know and, and we're only able to do so so many limited things and, and that's difficult and you know so much tension in the world and maybe I just need to go ahead and go just just sit back and just do nothing. And that's the enemy trying to tell me that I'm not enough. And God is saying, I saw your ability. He's not saying that just to me. He's saying that to you. God is saying, I saw your ability. I see your ability. I know what you're capable of. I know what I've made you to do. And if you just sit on it and do nothing with it, then you are going to be failing me because that's not what the purpose is. If you don't even take the risk to do something with the gifts that I've given you, that's when I'm going to be mad. If you put, if if he would have put it in the bank and and got just a little bit of interest back, that would have been enough. If he would have, if he would have gotten just a little bit of interest back, that would have been enough. It didn't even have to double. He said, like he just all I wanted is just a little bit of interest. That would have been awesome. But you did nothing because of your fear of me, because you were fearing failure, because you were fearing not being able to do enough, not being able to match up to somebody else and not being able to come back with a giant amount of money or a giant amount of things. And so because of that, you've sat down and you've done nothing and your life has been meaningless because you are not stepping into my purpose. You are not participating in my purpose because you are too afraid. And I'm telling you now that God is saying, Step into it. Take some risk. Don't allow the enemy to tell you that you aren't worth it. Don't allow the enemy to tell you that you can't do enough. Don't allow the enemy to tell you that even with that little bit that you're not going to be able to make a difference because you will because God has given you that little bit because he sees your ability to do something with it. So step into that. 
So let me go into the final part of this parable. The master is saying, so take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, the the danger is that we we won't we won't be active in God's plan. That the comparison levels will be too heavy, and then we will step back and we won't even try to be involved. That well, okay, I can't give as much as other people. Okay, well, what can you give? Well, I don't. You know, I don't have that, but man, I have so much time. Well, then give some time. Well, but if I give some time, then I may not be able to do what everybody else can do. Like I'm, like my my body is limited, my my energy is limited. Yeah, but do you have a little bit that you can offer? Yes, then do it. You see, we have so many ways. Like, you, I mean, you can get involved in something, and you can be a part of something bigger than yourself. But you just have to be willing to step out and do it and offer it forward. Stop digging it up and putting it in the ground and saying, well, God, I mean, it was great. I enjoyed it by myself. God's like, but I didn't give it to you just for you. I gave it to you so that you can impact and influence the rest of creation. So you can have a part to play in this world. I didn't give you your talent. I didn't give you your life. So you can say, thank you, God, for my life. And then you can hide away. I gave you your life through my son, Jesus, so you can go and serve and love and be a part of something bigger in this world for my glory. Not your own, but for mine, because I'm the one who's given you everything that you have. So live a generous life by participating in what I've, what I've planned. Be a part of this. That's what he's saying. Because in the end, he's going to ask those questions. You know, we've seen Jesus sit and tell people, like when, when, the, when, when he comes back, he's going to say, you know, like, when you saw me hungry, you fed me. When, you, when I was naked, you gave me clothes. When I was in prison, you, you gave me, you, you, you cared for me. And, and they're going to say, well, when was that? Well, when you did it unto the least of these, you did it unto me. And then those who are like, God, I went to church, I prayed, I did all this stuff, yeah, awesome, but did you do these other things that really matter the most? Were you caring for the least of these? Did you do this? Well, no, okay, well then guess what? Bye. Because your, your Christian life, your, your relationship with me was more important, and it's, okay, now bear with me, it's very important, right? But it's not just for you to experience. It's for you to draw other people in so they can experience it too. And when you hide your talent and when you stuff your gift and you allow yourself to believe that you cannot make a difference, that you can't be a part of change, that you can't be a part of a process, that you cannot offer something to God and that he can't do something great with it, then yeah, you are failing in that. He loves you. 
but you're missing something big when you can play a part in his kingdom here on earth. So let me challenge you and encourage you today, my friends, to really be thinking through the things that maybe you have inside of you that you know have been given by God, but you have allowed yourself to hold back because of fear. Is it enough? Am I enough? And to realize that God wouldn't have given it to you if he didn't think you were capable of doing something with it. And to remember, it's not about your success. It's all about God's glory. The world's success, ugh. But success to God is you even just taking the attempt to try to do something with it. And then watch him blow it up. Because he's God. It's his. I challenge you. I, I'm, I push you. I urge you in this final piece of this series to be thinking through what God has placed into your hands. What has he placed into your hands? And to remember that you give not to be greater than anybody else, but because God is what is great in your life. And you can receive the blessings of a generous life. It's awesome. But the eternal rewards associated with giving are so much greater than what you receive here on earth. And that is why we live in this way. Christians are called to live in a generous way. In a way that moves us to push outside of our comfort zone. To love without measure to serve for his glory, not our own. To be humble enough to recognize the gifts that are not ours to begin with. And why we give back. Because we've received everything through Jesus. Everything. So the little bit we can give back is just a small way to honor him for eternal life, the rescue that we received from death, the salvation that we received, the healing that we've been given from our burden of sin. So we give and we live a generous life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, again, we praise you for who you are in our lives and we honor you as our creator, as the giver of all things. Every good and perfect gift is from you. And Lord, we confess the times that we have not given back accordingly. We confess our fears. We confess our, our lack of trust our lack of action. So we seek your forgiveness for that. But Lord, as we move forward from here, help us to, to reflect on the talents that are in our hands. Help us to reflect on the gifts that we've been given. Help us to move into your purpose, to pursue what you have called us to pursue. And that's your glory, your 
kingdom to be known here on earth. Father, let us do that well with what you've given to us. May the enemy be put aside. And may we trust your words and believe in what you say. And remember that we don't have anything that you don't believe we can handle in that. Let us rest in your ability, not our own. But let us recognize the ability you see in us. Let us rest in your promises, in your strength. And may we participate in your kingdom. And Father, maybe there's people here for the first time hearing this message, recognizing that they have a God who sees something great in them and has sees so much that they are capable of doing for his glory and that they've never stepped into that relationship before. But in this moment, God, they are saying they want to do that. They want to step into your purpose and they want to participate in your purpose with a generous life that you've given to them, Father. And if that's them now, I pray, God, that they can feel your embrace, that they can feel your presence, and that they can see who you see in them. Beautifully, wonderfully made creatures. Made in your image, your workmanship, created for your glory. And they have received salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. And thank you for that now. We pray all of these things in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the New Community Elkins podcast. Um, Again, I am Pastor Bobby Benavides, and I really appreciate you joining us. I hope the message was encouraging. I hope it challenged you in your journey with Jesus and moves you to a deeper relationship with your Creator. Have a great week.